Welcome to a new Needless Things minicast. This is not really what I had been expecting to do next. I know I said, uh, pardon a little bit of noise, I am packing away some figure accessories. Which, by the way, a little pro tip from me. If you have accessories that you need to bag up or store away... I highly recommend just get some little Ziploc snack, not brand, name brand, because you don't need to spend any money on these. But go go to your nearest store and get the generic snack bags, not full-size sandwich bags, but just snack bags. And they hold weapons and extra hands and heads and all that sort of thing really well. And uh, I'm actually clearing off my figure opening space right now i just opened up the new wwe excuse me had a little bit to drink i've been up since 3 30 and it is currently 12:02 in the morning i had not planned to do what i'm getting ready to do tonight but i just could not wait any longer but before I get to it, I've got to do a little cleaning up here. I've got to, I've got to make some space in, uh, like I said, my action figure opening spot. And I just opened up the new WWE Elite Royal Rumble figures from Mattel. Uh, they just hit Target, and I think this is the soonest I've ever found new WWE figures. Distribution here in Metro Atlanta is absolutely horrible. Uh, we we don't even see waves of figures. There's there's some waves of figures that we just don't even get here. Uh, it really stinks. But these Royal Rumble figures I found in Target today on the way home from work. Uh, if you hear a little noise there, that's me packing their accessories away in these snack bags. I prefer square snack bags. I don't like the uh, the rectangular ones because they don't store as well to me. That's just me. But the three figures I picked up, the four figures in the series are Bobby Lashley, uh, Rock from the 2013 Royal Rumble. I already threw the boxes over there. Uh, Lita from... uh, No, Lita might have been 2013. Rock might have been... I don't know, right around the same time possibly, but it's a Lita, a Rock, a Bobby Lashley with the ECW title... And a Macho King from when he ran out, I think it's 1991, he ran out and whacked Ultimate Warrior on the head with his scepter and cost him the title. Uh, I don't know the whole entire story. Each box has a little blurb on it, which I actually really like uh, because they don't always do that. Let me write Macho King 1991 on this little bag here. I'm going to stick his hands in it. Uh, these, I really, really like these figures. I didn't bother buying the Bobby Lashley because I'm not, I'm just not a fan of Bobby Lashley. And even though the figure looked great, I just don't want to own a Bobby Lashley. I do kind of want to own an ECW title, but, uh, not for 20 bucks. Okay. So I'm bagging that stuff up. 
Uh, I am bagging up the alternate head for NACA's Halloween 2019. 18? Did that come out? No. 2018. Oh my gosh, Halloween. Uh, Laurie Strode figure. Uh, a head, a shotgun, an alternate hand, and a revolver. Packing all those up because she's over there on the shelf with her glasses head and her rifle. Uh, I don't really need to write a name on this because her head's right in there. I can tell what it is, but I like to label these things anyway. So over the last three-ish weeks, I have been off of work, except for Christmas Day where I had to work overnight. Other than that, I've been off of work, I've been hanging out with my family, and I've been working really hard redoing the Phantom Zone. Uh, I now have an all-new set of corner shelves that's all NACA, which is the first time I've really done anything like that. And I redid, and if you follow me on Instagram, I put this up in my stories uh, that I was doing this. So, this is Freddy versus Jason. Jason, obviously it's Jason because they have not done a Freddy figure nor will they be able to do a Freddy figure for the foreseeable future, which I discussed in our Friday the 13th toy episode in October with the Reverend Dan Wilson, uh, who is a good, good friend of the show, and whose Seeking Human Victims podcast just started their newest season, which is all about Universal Monsters. Uh, I haven't listened to any of it yet, but I can go ahead and tell you right now, it's going to be freaking awesome, and I can't wait to get to it. But I've just I've got other stuff uh, I've got to get done before I start listening to podcasts regularly again. Uh, as in recording what I'm doing right now. So I've got all my accessories cleared off. I need to move my snack bags out of the way, put my trusty Sharpie. I buy them in packs of, I think, six, because you're always going to need more Sharpies. And then finally, the last thing I've got to move out of the way are the new Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of one Harley Quinn Pops that I ordered from Hot Topic uh, because I'm a huge fan of Harley Quinn, I'm a huge fan of Margot Robbie, and uh, I just went ahead and ordered those things as soon as they were available. And check my Instagram, and you will see, I think, I guess my stories are gone, where I talked about redoing my shelves down here in the Phantom Zone, which is what I was talking about before when I got sidetracked. Um, I now have a dedicated McFarlane Movie Maniac shelf. I now have a dedicated NACA with a few random pieces shelf. And I offered up a little, oh, and you know what? I'm looking over there now, and Dr. Loomis, or Professor Loomis, I can't ever remember which it is, uh, victim of the NACA lean uh, from a few years ago, has fallen over. I'm going to have to figure out what to do with that guy. Uh, but uh, I offered up a contest on my Instagram stories for anybody who could tell me which figures on the NACA shelf were not actually NACA figures. And I need to check and see if I got any responses. But uh, now, my figure opening and reviewing space is cleared off. It is officially time now. And, it, and I guess if you looked at the title of this, you already know what we're going to be looking at tonight. Uh, I was not expecting to get this today at all. Because myself and good friend of the show, Mr. Bo Brown, both received our shipping notifications for this item today. 
I never imagined I would get home from work and uh, find it with a little piece of oatmeal stuck to it. I don't imagine that came from the shipper. Probably came from the kitchen upstairs. Uh, so a little, little side story before I reveal what it is I'm opening in the event that you have not looked at the title of this minicast. Masters of the Universe Classics. Uh, I got deeply immersed into that line. I think it's one of the greatest action figure lines of all time. Even though Masters of the Universe is not one of my, like, number one franchises, I did grow up with it. I do love it. And Masters of the Universe Classics turned out to be this wonderful toy line because aesthetically these figures look so good together. They're all the same. Obviously, they share a lot of parts. But when you have a collection together on the shelves and you have that Kessel Skull, and you have that big-ass red dragon whose name I can't ever remember and the guy with the four arms and the evil zombie giant and all of these vehicles and creatures and everything that they did, uh, it's the most impressive collection I own, uh, possibly except for my G.I. Joe collection, which kind of... I think when people come into the Phantom Zone and see the G.I. Joe collection that I have, uh, that one is the one that really kind of wows them. Even over the Star Wars, I I think. I I don't know. I'd be interested to find that out. But that Masters of the Universe Classics collection, to me, that's the one that's... Well, it's front and center in the room. It draws the eye. And like I said, they, they look aesthetically... They all belong together. Uh, They didn't make the production deviations that other toy lines make as they go along. Even Hasbro's Marvel Legends, they they vary a little bit over the years. Um, Star Wars, the the vintage collection and the old three and three quarter inch collection, the 30th anniversary collection, they're fine on the shelves together, but they, they did... There were variances over the years. So now, uh, you may know, I've mentioned this a few times, that the figure that got me, the the one potato chip I was trying to eat, was Scareglow, who was offered, I don't even remember what year it was now, 2011, possibly? I can't remember when the line started. Um... but Scareglow was the first figure that I said, oh man, it's Scareglow. I don't honestly even really know who that is, but he's a glow-in-the-dark skeleton with a big purple cape. I kind of have to have this guy. So I ordered him from Maddie Collector, back when you could order just one figure at a time. And he's great. He's one of my favorite figures in my entire collection. I absolutely love him. And now... Once again, I have fallen prey to the magic of Scareglow. Uh, This, however, is a much different Scareglow. One that was made by Mondo, who is a company that makes records and shirts and posters and all kinds of cool, exclusive pop culture stuff. And full disclosure... I'm not the biggest fan of the company. Uh, In the past, I have found their customer service to be something less than satisfactory. Uh, Their their shipping times 
are not always super in my opinion, but I have to say that this one sixth scale, 12 inch ish, I'm sure, uh, Masters of the Universe Scare Glow figure. Like I said, I got my shipping notification today and came home and it was here. So we're going to unbox this thing now. And I hadn't planned to do this tonight because I figured I was too tired and I, and I really wanted to be up for this and have a lot of energy because I have no idea what's going to be involved in opening this figure. I don't own any figures from this line. Our good friend, Mr. Bo Brown has He-Man and Skeletor, um, possibly another one. I'm not positive, but he, because Masters of the Universe is his only thing, he goes into it more than I do. He got the uh, um, the Mega Bloks, Castle Grayskull, and the figures, and the, the Wind Raider, and all of the releases from that line. Uh, and he's getting these Mondo uh, one-sixth scale figures. He's He's all in on this line because this is it for him. Uh, whereas for me, I try to be a little more selective because I get so many other things. I, I really want to be picky, but when Mondo offered this scare glow, I had to have it. So the first thing that surprised me when I opened up the shipping carton that this came in, and I apologize for my squeaky leather chair. Uh, they're going to hear a little bit. I should have gone and gotten one of the other chairs, but I didn't. Uh, so the first thing that I noticed that surprised me when I opened up the shipping carton is the outer sleeve of this box uh, is an illustration of Snake Mountain. And it's a fantastic illustration. Uh, it goes all the way around the thing, but there's no indication whatsoever that this is Scareglow. It is literally just a Snake Mountain slipcover. So I'm going to take this thing off now and see what we've got underneath. And there we go. Slipcover is off. Oh, man. Okay, so that's the back of the box, I think. Yes. Underneath that slipcover, holy shit, you guys, um, we have this gorgeous green, uh, I don't know that it actually glows in the dark, but the colors are what I would refer to as glow-in-the-dark green. Uh, illustration of Scareglow and the big... Uh, He-Man Iron Cross with Masters of the Universe Scareglow Evil Ghost Serving Skeletor on the front. Uh, on the side, we have one-sixth scale collectible figure. I can tell this is a flap with magnets in it so you can open it up and see the figure inside, which I'm not going to do quite yet. And then on the back, we have a full-color illustration of Scareglow. Uh, it's the same one that's on the front, but it's head-to-toe and an elongated iron cross on the back of the box. Uh, it's a fantastic design, a wonderful illustration. I'd be, uh, to be honest, if they offered this as a poster or a shirt, I would be very tempted to buy it, even though I don't need any more posters or shirts. Uh, and it's a nice uh, uh, flat, or uh, rather matte printing. Like everything, there's nothing glossy on this. It's a, it's a very classy looking matte box. So... I'm going to grab this flap on the side here and open up the front window panel. You guys, I'm really excited. Like, I kind of even don't want to do this because it's it's exciting. I don't... It's You guys know that I've been reviewing toys for over a decade now. And I'm just kind of... I'm not even writing on the site anymore for the time being. 
I'm, I'm sure at some point I will write something again. I will get uh, the desire to write something. But for now, I'm just kind of done with writing. I like talking. I like recording podcasts. But uh, I've just reviewed so many fucking toys over the years that I still enjoy action figures and I still love toys. But as far as writing about them, how many times can you write about the same thing? But this is exciting because this is something totally new to me. I don't have anything like this. All right, I'm opening it now. Oh my gosh, look at this thing. Uh, you know, obviously I don't know anything until I get it out of the box, but just looking at the window that I just opened up, uh, this is, this is something truly special. Uh, we've got this crazy skull head, we've got this, this, uh, the body, which is true to Scareglow. It is, you know, it's, it's the standard issue Masters of the Universe muscle body with a painted on skeleton, which is what I love about Scareglow, like that's what he is, but this skeleton is done differently from that classics figure, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, on the inside of the window flap, or the flap on the front that I just opened up, uh, it's got a little bio, it's got this crazy crest uh, with like a war helmet, two swords, uh, a skull in the middle, really, really cool looking. Uh, again, that there are two different colors of glow-in-the-dark green. One is almost a lime neon green, and one is more of a true, like, what you think of as a glow-in-the-dark color. And I'm curious to know if any of this glows in the dark, but I can't get up to turn the lights off, because that would be really disruptive to this whole thing. I'm kind of trying to cut my hands over it, but uh, it, it looks like it's just that color. I don't think it actually glows. Uh, and you know what? At some point, I think I am going to have to get up and turn the lights off because I've got to let you guys know how well this figure glows. So that that is going to be a component of this at some point. So you have to forgive not only my squeaky leather chair, but uh, the fact that it's going to take me a minute to get up and turn the lights off. But we'll wait. We'll wait for that. We'll do it all at once. I'll get the figure out, I'll leave the box open, and we'll find out what glows and what doesn't glow. Uh, but for right now, here's the biography that's written on the inside, uh, on the interior of the flap that conceals the window in this window box. In life, Null was a shifty bounty hunter who spent years attempting to break into Castle Skull. In death, he was cursed and banished into the dimension of Infinitia. Infinita. Infinita? Forever chained to his past crimes. He was brought back to Eternia by a magical spell cast by Skeletor to locate the most evil warriors in the five dimensions. Provided with a scythe of doom, Null agreed to join forces with Skeletor and quickly became known as Scareglow. Scareglow, evil ghost serving Skeletor. Uh, so... That's probably pretty much the same thing that was on the Classics figure. It, it rings a bell. I don't know if it's the same word for word, but it's the same general idea. Pardon me while I have another sip of beverage, because I obviously need that. Uh, so there you go. That is Scareglow's biography. Now, I'm going to go ahead and uh, button that flap back up, because this box has a great... Uh, at the top, it's got that little, that closure where, uh, oh, I can already smell the new toy smell, you guys. 
Oh my gosh. Hang on. I'm bringing the recorder closer. Hang on. Oh, I haven't even opened the box yet, and that new toy smell is just coming out of there. I wonder if it's because of the, uh, the process used on the glow-in-the-dark uh, portions of the plastic. It's particularly strong and wonderful. Uh, so, yeah. The top opens up. There's no tape on this whatsoever. I don't have to cut anything to get the box open. Uh, it's just one of those tabs that pushes into the lid, and you uh, pull it out and open it up. So here we go. Uh, I'm pulling out the interior trays. The inside decoration... Oh, okay, so I've got to pull this out, too. This is his cape. His purple cape uh, is in a plastic baggie that is taped to the interior background uh, of the box. And I'm a little torn as to what I want to do here. Uh, I don't want to tear up this beautiful... Uh, the inside of the box features an insert that has sort of a traditional... Masters of the Universe style burst, but it's in those beautiful green colors that you associate with Scareglow. And I think what I'm going to do is just cut the top of this bag open very, very carefully and remove the cape as opposed to pulling the tape off of this beautiful background and potentially messing it up. You know, maybe later on I'll do that, but uh, right now I don't want to mess with that. So let's pull this cape out first. And uh, we'll take a look at it. I can already feel the wire armature inside the cape, which is wonderful. I'm going to get this insert right back in the box here. And I will post pictures of all of this on the Needless Things podcast Instagram. So if you're listening to this right now, Go follow the Needless Things podcast Instagram, and you'll be able to see pictures of this uh, figure and a little bit of my thoughts, but you're going to have to listen to the minicast to get everything. Uh, so, okay, so beautiful purple cape. It is a lighter purple on the inside, a darker purple on the outside, and there's this weird sort of... Uh, like a Dracula-type thing going on. Oh, actually, I figured out what it is. It's got a collar, but it also has um, sort of a fold-down part. I don't know, it's interesting. I'm going to have to look at a picture and see exactly how this is supposed to work. But I'm a huge fan of wire armatures in these kind of soft good capes because you really, at this scale, this one-sixth scale like this, you really need to be able to pose these fabrics in cool and dynamic ways. If they just hang, it often doesn't look as cool as you want it to. Uh, Alright, so I'm going to pull out the bottom portion. It looks like there are two separate trays uh, that contain the figure and the accessories. So let's see what we've got here. I'm going to set the figure tray aside, and the bottom tray has tons of accessories in it. Uh, I apologize for how loud that tray noise probably is, but it's just a side effect of opening up awesome toys. Uh, so let's look at what we've got here. First, we're going to start with the least interesting thing, but something that I think is very important and I'm glad is in here, uh, because you never know how a figure like this is going to stand, or is going to display on the shelf. Uh, and there is a stand included. Uh, the bottom of the stand has a really cool M sort of embossed into it. M for Mondo, obviously. 
But then the top of it, it just has kind of a cool, unique shape. Uh, I would imagine any Mondo six-scale releases like this probably have a similar stand. But uh, it's, it has no logos or anything. It's just a black stand uh, on top. So I like that. I like that it's something that shape-wise is unique to Mondo, but doesn't have any particular designations. And then we're going to move over here and check out the... Uh, this is funny. This is uh, something I'm going to share that Bo may have said when we were recording, but I think it was off the record. So for his uh, Mondo He-Man figures that he got, he had no experience with these 12-inch, uh, 1 6th scale action figure stands. So he could not figure out how to get this thing to work. And what it is, is it comes with these... It, it's you're, It's very much like a doll stand... But rather than having the wire portion that clips around the waist, this is more of a support that you put under the figure's crotch, for lack of a better word. And it just sort of holds it up. It keeps it from falling over. And he said that, he, Bo said that he could not figure out for the life of him how the stand worked. And uh, eventually did or looked at a picture or something, I don't know. But... The top part of the stand, ooh, I really like how thick and sturdy this is. Okay, so typically when you get a doll stand uh, around this size, you have a, a round circular base, which this has a nice shaped base that's conformed to the uh, nice embossed M on the bottom. Uh, but here, rather than the sort of narrow uh, post that contains the wire armature, you have this cool... Uh, four-sided, uh, it's almost like a really, really tall, thin pyramid. And then the wire extends up out of that. So you have a lot, a much better base of support than you would normally have for, for, from this kind of doll stand. So this is really cool. This is a very nice stand. Like, I was happy it came with a stand, but now I'm actually, like, impressed with the stand. So I'm going to set that aside. We don't need it right now. And I'm going to continue on with the accessories in this bottom tray, uh, pulling out the crazy scythe this guy comes with. Now, this is nothing like the weapon that the Classics figure or the original vintage Scareglow came with. Uh, this is something much more dynamic and exciting. Uh... And I'm looking around and noticing that there are no instructions with this figure whatsoever. Uh, not that there's a whole heck of a lot to figure out, but I think you do have to sort of take a look at this thing and realize that there's a bone, there's like this extra bone that plugs into the bottom of the scythe, so it sort of sticks out so he can hold it in a more... Uh, I wish I could explain this better, but you guys know the scythe isn't just, it's not a spear. It has this, uh, it has one handle, and then perpendicular to that and further down the shaft, it has another handle. And that's how these things work. But what's really great about this is the, uh, it's this curved, interesting shape with a the blade is, uh, there, first of all, there's like five or six different colors of paint on this thing. Tons and tons of painted detail, tons of sculpted detail. 
the whole haft is wrapped uh, as well as the handle. The handles themselves look like bones. The bottom part is some kind of weird, like, almost demon head-looking thing. I don't know what's going on with this, but it's strange and it's interesting. Uh, but th this is a very different weapon, but I appreciate that it has a look that's sort of unique to what Mondo is doing with this range of figures. Uh, I like it. It's different. I don't want this to just be a two-up of my classics Scareglow. I want this to be Scareglow, but in a cool, different, and new style. And so far, that's what it looks like. And, and moving on, we have these two swords that look uh, very similar to Skeletor's swords from the Filmation cartoon... They have the crossbones hilts. Uh, they're, I would say they're probably short swords. Uh, and then they have basically like a femur wrapped in leather as a... Uh, what the hell do you call a handleable sword? The handle's the hilt. The cross piece is the crossbones. But anyway, uh, if, you're, if you can picture... Uh, Skeletor's swords from the Filmation cartoon. They're that, except that the bone parts are painted bone color. Uh, the wrappings are black and purple, it looks like, and then everything else is a nice uh, sort of tarnished gunmetal silver uh, look, or steel color. They look very, very cool, uh, very intimidating, and uh, absolutely in line with this character. I like them a lot. Even though they're not something that necessarily traditionally comes with Scareglow. Now what I hope, and what I'm getting ready to find out, I hope that there are some sheaths on this guy so he can store those swords. But I'm looking and I'm not seeing that. We'll find out. Uh, because right now I'm opening the top tray. And again, I apologize for what you're having to listen to right now. But I've never opened. Oh, there we go. Uh, I've never opened these toys before. I have no experience with any Mondo toy releases whatsoever. Well, no, I take that back. I've got their Mad Balls, but that's a obviously very different thing. All right, so now we have the main tray opened up, uh, and what the first awesome, cool thing I'm looking at here is just like the classics figure. Uh, this Scareglow has the weird container thing that is supposed to be chained to his wrist that contains the key to Castle Greyskull. And here's the key right here. Tons of detail. has a skull on the top. Uh, it's, and it's a key. It's a skeleton key. It's painted the colors of Castle Greyskull. And it fits into this tube that has a little tiny Castle Grayskull on top of it that plugs in and uh, has this weird sort of like, almost like a scepter type thing uh, with a real metal chain linked to a cuff that goes onto Scareglow's wrist. Absolutely fantastic piece. Uh, this... The Classics version of this accessory is my favorite accessory uh, 
certainly of the classics line, possibly one of my favorite toy accessories of all time, because I owned that classics Scareglow for years before I even knew you could take the little gray skull off the top and that there was a key inside. And when I did found, find that out, it's because I had the Castle Grayskull playset that has a keyhole for that key to go into. Now, I can't imagine Mondo will ever produce a Castle Grayskull, and if they do, I certainly don't imagine myself buying it, but I love the fact that I have this accessory in this scale and that it's bigger and better and cooler uh, than the Classics one, which, don't get me wrong, the Classics one is incredible. It's also on a die-cast chain, uh, and it's it's actually very, very similar. This one just has more paint and is bigger. Uh, so I'm going to set the top of this tray aside, where I set the bottom tray, and we're going to pull the alternate hands out of this thing. Now, what I like about these hands... First of all, they are very clearly glow-in-the-dark hands, but they're also skeleton hands. Um, now, they are... Pardon me, I had to get a little more beverage. Uh, they're just repaints, I'm sure, of Skeletor's hands from this release. But the painting on them to achieve the skeleton effect is incredible. Uh, they've got the white phalanges, thank you, with the black detailing around each knuckle, so they look very, very skeletal. Uh, they look fantastic, and we've got two, the default hands that are on the figure right now are fists. Uh, the two hands that I just pulled out are sort of grasping open claws, and then we've got uh, hands meant to hold things, uh, namely those swords uh, or the scythe. So that is two sets of extra hands and then the default hands. And now I'm going to pull this figure out of this case. No wire twist ties or anything are holding him in this. Okay, so the first thing I notice, and I, and I, you know, I don't want to be negative, but the first thing I notice about this figure is he has short little arms, it seems like to me, and none of his bone colors match. I'm going to go ahead and put that tray aside because we don't need it anymore. And I don't love that none of his bone colors match, and it actually makes me wonder if the bones that are paint deco on his body uh, are even going to glow in the dark like it looks like his hands and his feet do. So what we've got here... Now, okay, the sculpt is fantastic. And it, to a certain extent, does look like it's just a two-up of the classic scare glow, just not in as glow-in-the-dark uh, colors. Uh, that one is a glow-in-the-dark base with black paint that makes the skeleton effect happen. This one is a black base with bones painted on in hopefully glow-in-the-dark colors. But what I'm looking at, uh, his, his hands and his feet 
are the traditional glow-in-the-dark colors. Like, they look like parts that glow in the dark. The bones painted on his body are almost yellowish. Uh, They're more of a true bone color. And then his head... Which is a, it's just straight up a skull with red eyes. It's a great looking skull. Uh, it has a hinged jaw. Uh, it's on a, yep, it's on a double ball joint. So you've got tons of movement. Oh, wow. It even cocks to the side really nicely. So what you've got here is, uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with toy manufacturing, but it looks like what we've got here is the neck, uh, it terminates where a human neck would stop. And at that point, there's a hole in it. And then the skull stops at the base of the skull, and there's a hole there. And what's connecting those two pieces is a plastic barbell that has a ball on either either end. Uh, and because that's the articula- articulation used, you have a really nice range of movement for this head uh, because it has two ball joints in it. Uh, so it's really nice, really functional, moves around a lot. Uh, you can get very expressive with this thing just from how you position the head. Uh, he can look angry, he can look confused, he can look surprised. Whoa! So, very cool. Very nice articulation there. Uh, and like I said, the body... Oh, no, this is interesting. So... This guy has wrist joints that are ball joints in the style of many Japanese figures where there is a ball between the forearm and the and the hand that is hinged. So it can turn 360 degrees and you can actually hear that ratcheting joint. Listen to this. That's a nice, tight, ratcheting joint so that the hand will stay where you put it. Um, So you have a a nice... uh, Not quite 90 degrees either way, but really as much as you need. Uh, And then it can twist all the way around. So that's that's really nice. Excellent wrist joints on this thing. Uh, The elbows can bend... uh, almost 90 degrees but what's cool is there is a swivel at the top of the elbow joint but it's it works better than most figures that work this way because the where the pivot is where your your elbow goes up you know past 90 degrees almost to a 45 degree angle with your arm Uh, This guy only gets about 90, but where it bends is under the swivel. So you get a really nice range of motion without having a double-jointed elbow. Uh, Now, this guy is pretty swole. He's pretty thick. So, unfortunately, his arms can't go quite all the way down. But that's what happens when you're uh, dealing with beefy muscle boys. Oh, and you know what? I just realized he also has bicep swivels wow okay so those were those were stuck a little bit and i didn't think they moved that's how tight the sculpt is on this thing that's how tight the paint is on this thing i didn't even realize these were separate pieces so in addition 
two of those really great elbow swivels, he's got bicep swivels, uh, which almost seem superfluous, but uh, are great. Because any joint you can have that is not immediately noticeable to the naked eye is a great joint. So we're doing really well with articulation on this guy. Uh, he feels like uh, vinyl or PVC plastic is what he's constructed out of. I think it's going to, you can hear me sort of twisting him around. I think it's going to take a little bit of doing to loosen him up. Um, and I've actually scratched some of the paint, but it's okay because it's under where his upper abdomen is. It will never, ever show. Uh, and it's important to me to know that that joint even works. So he's, uh, his upper abdomen and lower abdomen are separate parts. There's a very slight degree of forward and backward motion. But uh, there's a complete swivel that you can do there at the risk of, of uh, scratching off some paint that nobody will ever see. Uh, he's got the same furry briefs as every Masters of the Universe character has. And they are sort of... Oh, well that just popped right in there. Uh, they're, they're sort of poofy plastic. As hip joints are ball-jointed hips. I'm trying to see up in there. Uh, very similar to the traditional He-Man joint. And again, you loosen this guy up a little bit, and he really becomes flexible and poseable. Uh, he, he's stiff out of the box, but you play around with him carefully, and uh, he's got a lot of posability. <clears throat> so, underneath those uh, very nice hip joints, you've got double knee joints that somehow look really good from the front, and have swivels at the top and the bottom, which is very interesting. So you can get a nice, deep knee bend. Not quite what a human can get, uh, but honestly, maybe what a human that was this ripped could get, because your damn hamstrings would get in the way of squatting down. But a really nice, deep leg bend. More than I expected, to be honest. Uh, and then moving down, he has these fantastic uh, purple metallic greaves on his calves. That's right, isn't it? Greaves, aren't those uh, it's gauntlets on your arms, greaves on your calves? That may not be right, and I apologize if it's not. Uh, but they're these armored pieces that look very much like what Skeletor has, and I'm sure are shared molds from Skeletor, but that's okay because this guy is basically... The skeleton version of Skeletor. Uh, he was a cheap repaint. <clears throat> but these are weathered. They're purple, but they have lots of weathering and uh, damage and, and look very, very real. They're wonderful looking pieces. And I kind of, even though it would go against the design of the original figure, I kind of wish he had uh, the gauntlets as well. Vambrace. What's a Vambrace? That's one of these things, right? I don't know. Uh, but I kind of wish he had these things on his forearms, too. Gosh, he seems like he's got really short little arms. His arms terminate, like, just below his hips. I guess they're not that short. Let me let me grab another figure here for comparison. So I've got the Obi-Wan, the Walgreens exclusive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy's got short little arms, but it's okay. It's fine. It doesn't. It's it's all right. Because you know what? 
I'm going to get up in a second here and turn these lights off. And this guy is going to glow in the dark like crazy and blow our minds. Uh, so he's he's pretty thick. He's pretty hefty. He's pretty sturdy. I don't know how much he even really needs this stand. But let's uh, get him on the stand here. Raise that thing up to support his uh, ball area. Flatten his feet out. And there he goes. I, I haven't even put the cape on him yet. I haven't even given him his accessories yet. And uh, he's a very imposing, dynamic, uh, awesome-looking figure that I am stoked to own. So here's, here's what we're going to do. You're going to hear a little bit of chair squeak. You're potentially going to hear a little bit of stumbling around as I make my way over to the lights. But we're going to turn the lights off. And we're going to see uh, if this box glows and if this figure glows. So hang on just a second. The lights aren't too terribly far away. I'm heading over there right now. I'm getting ready to flick them off. Turn off the stair lights first. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready for me to tell you how much this stuff glows or does not glow? In three, two, one. Right now, I'm looking around at all the other stuff in my room that glows in the dark because I'm a huge fan of glow-in-the-dark toys, uh, and I've got a lot of stuff that glows. I've got aliens that glow, predators that glow, uh, scare glow that glows, a my pet monster that glows. Lots of glowing stuff in this room. Okay, so I'm getting a good look now. Ooh, I just ran into the table. I'm getting a good look now at this scare glow. And, oh, wow, you know what? Okay, so the box doesn't glow at all, which I'm a little disappointed in, but it's not a huge surprise. What the heck is that over there? There is something on one of my shelves I'm looking at and trying to figure out exactly what it is that is big and glowing that I don't know if I realized that it glows. It's a little too high to be one of the inhuman. Oh, it's Mumra. It's okay. So I'm looking at, gosh, I've got so much awesome glow in the dark stuff here. I should really do a uh, little Instagram video real quick and see if I can capture it at all. So hang on, you guys. I apologize. I realize this is no way to behave. Oh, no, none of it's showing up on the camera. All right, forget it. I wish you guys could see... Like all the glowing stuff in this room right now. This is very, very cool. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to talk about all the other glowing stuff. Oh, the Mumra is uh, from Mezco. Mezco did a line of, uh, I don't know if they're 12 or 18. I guess they're 18-inch Thundercats. And the uh, Mumra glows in the dark, which is very nice. But we're not here to talk about Mumra. We're here to talk about Scare Glow. And man, this guy is real. It's almost like he's glowing more now than he was when I first turned the lights off. I really like this glow. And it's interesting because it is kind of a reverse of the classics Scare Glow. Because that one um, is all glow in the dark with black paint. Um, it's almost like a relief way of showing the bones, whereas this one looks like a straight-up, like, glow-in-the-dark skeleton. Like, almost a, a cartoony, Disney-style 
uh, glow-in-the-dark skeleton guy. I really, really like this look. And uh, he is glowing like crazy, you guys. Uh, I'm very impressed. I'm very, very happy with how this guy is glowing. And uh, I'm going to try and get a picture. It's just not happening right now. Uh, I've got, I'm going to have to use my camera to get these glow-in-the-dark pictures, I think. I've, I've had trouble in the past getting good pictures of glow-in-the-dark toys. So I'm turning him around. Uh, he's doing a little bit of a lean. i got to straighten those ankles up a little bit, move that uh, stand up into his crotch a little bit more. He's got a great-looking spine, scapula, the ribs in the back, all glowing great. Uh, and it's funny, you know, before when I had the lights on, I kind of wished that he had that armor on his forearms, but now I'm glad he doesn't because they're glowing so nicely. And his, uh, his calves, his lower legs, aren't glowing because they have that armor on them. Now I kind of almost wish that armor wasn't there, or, or was removable maybe. So you could have this guy in a full, nice-looking, uh, just glowing skeleton. Wow! I kid you not, the longer I sit here the brighter he seems to get. Uh, and maybe it's just my eyes and the way that they're handling, you know, what's going on down here, which, by the way, also have a glow-in-the-dark space ghost, a glow-in-the-dark creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, that's the alien, that's the predator. What else is down here? Oh, Misfits, glow-in-the-dark Misfits figure. I love glow-in-the-dark stuff, you guys. And this figure is an exemplary glow-in-the-dark figure I'm so glad that they did it the way that they did with the painted-on glow-in-the-dark skeleton rather than the glow-in-the-dark body with the paint to create the skeleton because it just looks so good. It It's just this... I, it's a great look. And like I said, I'll have pictures up uh, so you can see. Uh, but I'm very, very impressed. Okay, now I'm going to turn the lights back on if I can make my way over there without dying. Please don't let me run into the coffee table or anything else. I'm going to follow Mumra. Mumra, show me the way. Okay. Uh, so the lights are back on. All of these wonderful glow-in-the-dark things in the room are once again absorbing that light so they can glow even better in the future. And you know what the other interesting thing to me is that the skull and the hands and the paint on the body are all different colors, but when they're glowing, they look the same, which is uh, very nice. I'm very happy about that. So, let's get the cape on this guy. I would like to not have to take the head off to do it, but I don't think that's going to happen. So let's pop that head off and put that cape on. And he's uh, definitely got a wacky Dracula thing going on with his cape, with the uh-oh, just dropped his head. Just dropped his body. Everything's falling apart here, you guys. Okay, let's try that again. Uh, the cape, uh, again, like I said, it's got a wire armature. It's a satiny feel. Uh, very, very uh, fancy pants cape. There we go. His head clicks right back on. So what we do here is we raise up part of this cape so it's like a raised uh, Dracula color type thing. Part of it lays down. It's got a really nice, cool look. Uh, very satiny. 
uh, wire armature, you can pose it to be draped over him in the front or to be flowing out from behind him or even like raised up, kind of like Nighthawk's cape. Not that I know who would even want to do that. That would be really stupid. But uh, I'm going to put him back on the stand so we can play them a little bit more. I want to see how easily the head popped right off. Very nicely popped right back on. I was a little concerned about how difficult that might be, but it was no problem at all. So now I'm going to take these hands. Uh-oh. Okay. Let's lay him down. Grab that fist. Okay. So this is interesting. The ball that connects the forearm to the fist wants to pull off with the fist. And uh, so here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I am not going to sit here and make you guys listen to me struggle to get these fists off because I can tell it's going to take a very special technique uh, to, to get the fist off without removing the entire wrist. And uh, you guys don't need to sit here and hear that. Uh, what I will do is take his sword and see how difficult it is. Okay, these are nice, soft, not soft plastic hands, but the, the plastic has some give. So those swords can slot right into those hands, and they hold them perfectly. Uh, looks great. Oh, you know what? Okay, okay. I didn't even realize that. The ball joint that connects the forearm to the uh, hand is meant to come out entirely. It pops right out, and there's a whole other ball joint piece that plugs in. I didn't think those were supposed to come out. So those plug right back in. Okay, that's fantastic. The hands are very easy to swap out. They're designed so that that whole entire piece comes off, uh, and it's easy to do. The sword looks great in his hand. Uh, the scale is wonderful on it. Uh, the scythe, I'm not going to bore you guys by fitting the scythe in there, but it's huge, but it looks great with the figure. i got to tell you guys, I've been going on long enough, uh, this is, I can't quite give it a perfect score because when the lights are on, like I said, the feet, the bones and the skull don't match. It looks really cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm thrilled to have it. There's nothing about it that makes me say, I shouldn't have gotten this. Uh, but I do wish those colors matched a little better, but it is very close to perfect and and certainly, I will say this, I wasn't sure how I felt about Mondo's figures because I've seen some of their Ninja Turtles that they did uh, and, and wasn't too terribly impressed with some of the paint apps and some of the quality control. And while the paint apps are kind of my issue with this guy, overall, uh, construction-wise, he's fantastic. Articulation-wise, he's wonderful. Uh, thickness, uh, just, uh, just the the shape, the profile, um, the proportions, he looks wonderful. And I would say if you're interested at all in any of Mondo's Masters of the Universe one six scale figures to go ahead and pick out a character you like and grab one. Uh, they're pretty pricey. I think this guy was 160 bucks, which is, uh, pretty crazy. Uh, it's, it's okay to buy, one 
for that, for me, and I'm good to go. Uh, there is not another character from Masters of the Universe that I would feel that strongly compelled to purchase. I was tempted by Merman, but uh, not for that price. I'll be happy with my classics Merman for that. But for a one-off, for this Scareglow, well worth it for me. And if you have a fa- Oh, you know what? And if they do Trapjaw, I'll buy Trapjaw too. I won't be able to help myself. Uh, but if there is a, a Masters character that you love... And you want to have sort of an ultimate giant figure of them, uh, I would say go for it. This is a great, great figure. It's unique. It's singular. And there will, there will never be anything quite like this again. Uh, even though Mattel is, is apparently getting that license back from Super 7, uh, we're not going to see anything like this from Mattel. We're just not. We're, just, we're not going to see anything like this from anybody. Mondo, for all of the faults that I ascribe them, are a, a boutique... Uh, a collective of artists, I suppose, that create things unlike anything else anybody creates. And that's exactly what this figure is. It's a unique centerpiece of your collection and i'm gonna have to find somewhere special to display it because it's a great great figure uh so you guys uh thanks for listening i stayed up extra late to do this one because i was super excited about this figure and i just had to get it out of the box and it turned out to be absolutely worth my time and money so that is the uh mondo one sixth scale scare glow say that five times fast especially if you've been drinking rum and uh, gets a big old thumbs up from me. Two thumbs up from me. Uh, which, you know, pretty good pretty good score. I'm, I am super thrilled with this figure that I thought was way too expensive. So there you go. Uh, please stay tuned to the Needless Things podcast every single Friday. Um, I'm not going to say what's happening this Friday because I want this to be evergreen. I want people to come and listen to this Scareglow review for years to come. And and before too much longer, people will listen to it and be like, man, I wish I'd gotten that Scareglow because now it's like 500 bucks. Because that's probably what's going to happen. So there you go. Uh, you guys, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vix employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.